Coming up on the Locked On Wizards podcast, it's game day. So, of course, we have to preview the Wizards Nuggets matchup, the Wizards starting five, and Brooks speaking up on masks. Catch all the details right here on Locked On Wizards podcast. Hi, Renee Washington here, and you are listening to Locked on Wizards. It's game day. Finally, some NBA action is back. Four scrimmages lined up for Wednesday. We've got the Magic and Clippers, Pelicans versus Nets, Kings versus Heats, and, of course, the one we're going to talk about right here on Locked on Wizards, the Wizards taking on the Nuggets at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now, the last time the Wizards played a game, it was March 10th. They had a seven-point win over the Knicks. Six players finished in double figures with Beal leading all scorers with 39 points. Shabazz Napier finished with 21, Thomas Bryant with 15. And we have talked about it before. Since that game March 10th to now, July 22nd, a lot has changed. And specifically, as the Wizards keep reiterating, it's a new team, it's a new season, and that is their approach coming into Orlando. So today at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, as the Nuggets take on the Wizards, it will be our first chance to see what they are looking like on the floor. We've been watching and following each day as we talk through with Coach Brooks and players around practice, what they've been seeing on the floor. But now we finally get to see how it looks against another opponent. How is all this work translating into a game? The plays they've been working through, the rotations, the starting five. We'll get into that a little bit later in the segment and much more. We get to see all of that finally unfold in a scrimmage. And now for the Nuggets, we're unsure if they're going to have some players on the floor. Michael Porter Jr., Torrey Craig, Monty Morris, P.J. Dozier, Gary Harris, all questionable game time decision. It has not been disclosed as of yet whether or not they're going to be playing. We know the Nuggets are listed as having about nine healthy players on the floor for the Wizards, of course. Aside from Beal, Bertans, and Wall, who are not in Orlando, as we all know, as of now, everybody else seems like they are a full go for the game. 40-minute game, and finally a chance to see who is going to step up, how the Wizards are going to look. Now, this is a great test for the team. Playing against the Nuggets with bigs like the Joker, Jeremiah Grant, Mason Plumley, Paul Millsap, it's a great chance defensively to see how they match up, especially in the paint. And then also with guards Jamal Murray and Troy Daniels, the Wizards are going to get a nice big test jumping right back into things before they get to face off against the two top front runners out of the West, the Clippers and the Lakers. And they play the Clippers Saturday, the Lakers Monday. So these three scrimmages will be an awesome opportunity for the Wizards to really get right back into it. There are no slouches in Orlando right now. Everybody that you play against is playing either with a playoff spot already secured or playing to get into the postseason. So no one is going to be easy at this point in the, in the season. I don't know why everyone keeps discussing around asterisks and everything else. It's still the NBA. It's still the top players in the league. And for the Wizards to play against three of the top teams out of the West, when you look at the, the matchup specifically between what's starting off with the Wizards and the Nuggets and also against the Clippers and the Lakers who they're facing in their three exhibition games. These three teams are three of the top defenses in the league, top 12 in the league. And so for the Wizards, as they are offensively trying to figure out who's going to, to take over on the, the scoring responsibilities, of course, we saw throughout the course of the regular season, Bradley Beal, a top player in the league, averaging 30.6 assists, four rebounds. And even for Bertans, he was coming into his own as a strong threat from the perimeter, shooting around a 42% from the three. 
Without those two offensively, of course, the question remains who's going to step up or how will the team step up in their absence to make up for the points that they're missing. So when you get to play three of the top 12 defensive teams in the league, it's a great test. It's a great opportunity to see how your plays are working, how your rotations are working, how are these players matching up against some of the best defenders in the league. And then also even on the defensive end for the Wizards, that's something that they've talked about. I know even yesterday in our Locked on Wizards segment, we got into how the Wizards are focusing on locking down defensively. You're playing three of the top five most winning teams in the league. Looking across the board, Eastern and Western Conference, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, three of the teams with the best records. That says a lot in itself. And then just the fact that now defensively, if you're able to match up with the Joker and the Nuggets, if you're able to match up with LeBron, AD, and the Lakers, Kawhi, Paul, George, and the Clippers, and really hold your own, that's huge for the Wizards. You know, as we're talking about them trying to refine their offensive game, if they can be stronger defensively, that will allow them to now, of course, you're holding your opponents to less points, allows you to build that confidence on the other end of the floor to hopefully be able to to do more offensively. Now, the Wizards struggled on the defensive glass this season. They gave up a lot of second opportunity chances throughout their course of the games and actually were listed as one of the, the bottom three teams across the league in those areas. So defensively, as they talk about needing to tighten up on that end of the floor, it's a must, it's a must have right now. They have to do a better job minimizing second chances, crashing the boards, and especially with them missing offensive threats, it can't become a shootout. When they're playing opponents, they have to be sharp defensively so that it's not a shootout. So you don't have the consistency of Beal. You don't have the consistency of Bertans. And it's very important that they are finding ways to whatever their through whatever their rotations are, what, however they're adjusting off of screens, defending on the perimeter, grabbing rebounds, defending in the paint has to be better. Because in my opinion, if I'm looking, if I'm the Wizards with all this opportunity that they have to be a team that has no pressure on them right now in the sense that a lot of people have already written them off, Something they can work on refining is the defensive side. Offensively, shots aren't always going to fall. You're not always going to have a good shooting game. You're not always going to run your plays as well. Sometimes one possession may not be as strong as you'd hope. But if you can be consistent defensively as a young, scrappy team to just completely find ways to disrupt your opponent's offensive plays and, and half-court offense, especially to defend and transition better, all these little things will allow them to do a much better job just to be defensively consistent to hopefully now minimize games becoming a shootout and find ways to just squeeze out wins, which, of course, being five and a half games back, the Wizards have to find a way to win in these eight games that they have in Orlando. So coming up in our next segment, we're going to get into the starting five and a deeper dive into the opportunities and what I know specifically for me what I'm looking for from players on the Wizards roster as they're getting into their first exhibition game versus the Nuggets. Let's get into a little deeper dive on the Wizards player for player and what we can expect from them or what we should look for from them, I should say, as they match up against the Nuggets. Now, I know as of now, it does not seem like any Wizards players are going to be sitting out. Coach Brooks did mention he's not sure if Thomas Bryant will be able to play in the first scrimmage today. The biggest thing is we all know that Bryant missed the first practices and was behind on the restart schedule for the Wizards because he did test positive for COVID-19 and had to come down a little over a week later than the rest of the team. 
So his return to play process is a little bit behind. So as of now, we're unsure if Thomas Bryant will be playing in the scrimmage. We'll see very shortly in the game itself. But that just means more minutes for players like Mo Wagner, Jan Mahinmi, and more opportunity. And opportunity continues to be the buzzword. I feel like I say it a million times because I just cannot stress how much of an opportunity this is. So the question still remains around the starting five. Who are the players that Coach Scott Brooks has been seeing most consistent that feels like has deserved and earned the opportunity to be the starting five? Now, before I even say some names, I just want to also clarify the fact that I highly doubt that whoever starts today on July 22nd is going to be the same exact five that starts in the first game. So it will probably change. It will definitely have some some changes. And I honestly don't even know if the starting five today is really more just to reward those that have been working hard or, you know, what Coach Brooks and, and the coaching staff are even thinking around the starting five because you've got three exhibition games. You've got three opportunities to see who does well coming off the bench, who does better starting. So, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is almost just another chance to see how players are going to respond to their roles starting versus coming off the bench. So we've got Ish Smith, Shabazz Napier, Jan Mahinmi, Troy Brown Jr., Ruby Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, if he's a go, Isaac Bonga, Mo Wagner, as some of the front runners to compete for that starting five. That's a, that's a lot of players there that we just don't really know consistently who's going to be able to be the top a top five player for the Wizards coming into the restart. Of those eight, I, I definitely feel as though Ish Smith and Shabazz Napier are your two ba- best backcourt options. To have them on the floor with their leadership, with their experience, with the numbers that they are able to bring to the, to the game in terms of not only scoring but assists, steals, I think to me Smith and Napier make the most sense. I would say Jan Mahinmi, Rui Hachimura. Actually, I'm not sure. I guess I'd have to go with, if Thomas Bryant can play, Shabazz Napier, Ish Smith, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, and because we've been consistently hearing that he's playing so well, Isaac Bunga, but that could easily be Troy Brown. So I'm not really sure what Brooks is thinking there, of course. Um, this is a toss-up. I, I don't Even as we're talking through it now, it's, it's so hard to figure out who's going to be the starting five because there's nobody that, in my opinion, has consistently showed in terms of five players, have consistently showed that they are deserving of being in the starting lineup right now. I mean, if this is – it's just a scrimmage tonight, or today, I should say. But if this is a must-win game and you're picking your best five based on who's healthy, based on who's who's been playing the most consistent in practice, I think I'd put Bonga in that rotation to start. Now, Coach Brooks, of course, mentioned before in a press conference earlier this week that he doesn't want to write anyone off or pigeonhole anyone – and put them in a box. He's still figuring things out. So as I mentioned before, the starting lineup today may very well be different than the starting lineup we see on Saturday and the starting lineup we see on Monday. So offensively, though, as we keep talking about, without Bertans, who has been an emerging threat from the perimeter, without Beal, who's been the consistent leading scorer for this team and and one of the best scorers in the league, some of the players to watch out for Ish Smith and Shabazz Napier in the backcourt. How do they run the offense? How are they going to step up to lead the team? And how are they going to push the ball in transition? I think those are some keys for them. For Troy Brown Jr. and Rui Hachimura, I think the biggest thing is that they're going to have more opportunities on the offensive end. The ball is going to be in their hands more, especially in the low post, seeing how they attack the basket, seeing how they move along the baseline and how they are able to be a threat with more plays and more chances for the ball to run through them. And then for Isaac Bonga, again, 
Mo Wagner talked about it in, in the presser that we shared on Locked on Wizards Tuesday edition that he has been consistent. A lot of people have been talking about Vanga. A lot of people have been saying how he's been impressive and surprising in a good way, the way that he's returned back for the NBA restart, the confidence he's playing with, the consistency he's playing with, how he's figuring out his role. So in my opinion, he's someone that I'm excited to see how he's playing against the Nuggets to see how that all translates into a game. I think it's a lot to be said. Some players, and I'm not saying he's a practice player, some players tend to do better in practice where you know what your teammates are capable of, you know what your teammates are going to do. When you get on the big stage in a game situation, of course there are no fans, of course it's a scrimmage, of course it's a very unique situation than most typical what would have been a preseason scrimmage in that sense. But it's still a game against another opponent. So for Isaac Bonga, I think for him it's just to have that confidence to see that, okay, your hard work paid off in terms of how you returned back to practices these last couple weeks. Now can your hard work pay off in a game versus opponent and we continue to progress and build off of this confidence that he's playing with, off of this consistency he's playing with. So I think for Bonga, it's, it's really going to be a chance to see how he, how he matches up against the Nuggets, especially how he matches up against them at, in the low post. Rebounds, as we talked about in the first segment of this edition, is, is going to be key for the Wizards to really be sharper in the paint, rebounds, and not giving up as many second-chance opportunities. So I think defensively, for all the players, it's going to be a big question mark around who's going to really help push this resurgence for a stronger defense? Who's really going to help push them being more organized, talking, their rotations, all of that defensively is going to have to be better. So I'm looking forward to see as a team on the defensive side, how they can lock in. To me, that's an area of growth and opportunity because although as we keep talking about offensively, that you're without pieces with DB and Beal not being there, defensively, can we be sharper? Can you find ways to minimize second chances. If, every, if you can have less possessions where teams are getting second and third looks at the basket and now they're coming down, it's a one-shot possession, and now we're going the other way, that is such a big game changer. So I think for the Wizards as a whole, I'm looking forward to see how they match up defensively against the Nuggets, especially with them struggling in the paint with rebounds. This is a team with the Joker. This is a team that across the board is going to really stretch you defensively, having your bigger players have to defend on the perimeter and also how you're going to defend getting rebounds, defend with them attacking the rim to be stronger and more consistent in those areas. So overall, I am looking forward to this game. It's a start of opportunity. Again, that keyword, opportunity to force a playing game, opportunity to make the playoffs, an opportunity for these young players to show that they can be a part of the team's future and change as the Wizards are looking to be more competitive. Of course, with these eight games and then these three exhibition games, the Wizards are looking to find a way at five and a half games back to get into the postseason or at least force a play-in game, but also looking to get these players some confidence, reps, the ball's in their hands more. There's no deferring to anyone else, Wall, Beal, DB. It's all on them. Who's going to be the player to step up? Who's going to be the player to lead this team? Who's going to be the player to find ways to create scoring opportunities for themselves or their teammates, whether it's to assist, attack in the basket, being a threat from the perimeter? Who's going to be the player that helps defensively, getting rebounds, minimizing second opportunities and chances, finding ways to close out, to minimize shots from the perimeter? All these things are factors that for Coach Brooks and the Wizards staff, they have to be looking forward to to moving forward be better in the future. Something that actually also stood out to me is as the NBA released their schedule for televised games, if you noticed, 
The Wizards have all their games televised on NBC Sports Washington, on the Wizards mobile app, on local radio stations. Not one single game between exhibitions and the eight games on ESPN or TNT. The Wizards right now, across the board, a lot of people have written them off. A lot of people are assuming that they're not going to do well in the NBA restart. There is zero pressure on them right now. So coming into Orlando, it starts with this game versus the Nuggets. This is 11 chances, three 40-minute games, eight regular season games to try to have an opportunity to play in the postseason. So how are they going to respond? When everyone has counted you out, written you off, said even the comments I know some have said, why are the Wizards in Orlando? What is the point? The point is to build. The point is to work towards the future. And it starts versus the Nuggets. So I want you guys, as we are talking around how the Wizards are going to match up against the Nuggets, I'm curious to know your starting five. I'm curious to know players that you're looking for to to see how they're going to step up. Who's their player to watch? Who's your starting five? You can comment with your players on Twitter at LockedOnWizards or even on my personal page at Renee P. Wash. Let me know your starting five. Let me know who you're keeping an eye on as a player that you think has a chance of really stepping up. Maybe someone that's a sleeper right now. I know we've talked a lot about those eight that I mentioned in Smith, Napier, Mahinmi, Brown, Hachimura, Bryant, Bunga, Wagner. Are we missing someone? Or is there someone in that group that you really are sold on in thinking that they're going to be able to step up and help the Wizards be competitive and have an opportunity to work, help the Wizards be competitive as they push for a chance to play in the postseason? So coming up in segment three, we've got to get into the mask controversy. Controversy or no controversy? I'll let you be the judge. around COVID-19, any questions around whether or not to wear a mask to me is no question whatsoever. We're in the midst of a pandemic still. The world is in the middle of a pandemic. It's not just unique to Florida or DC or anywhere else. It is throughout the world affecting everyone. To see that we are still dealing with people questioning whether or not they should wear a mask or not even wanting to wear a mask, I understand it is the summertime. It is very hot. It is very hard to breathe with a mask on, especially if you're doing a lot of walking and moving. I know I am like gasping for air in my mask, but it does protect you. It does keep you safe. So the NBA has made it a rule for players and coaches to wear a mask during Zoom calls. Earlier this week, they announced that everyone must have a mask on during their Zoom calls. If you had noticed prior to this rule, players were not, coaches were not wearing masks at all in those Zoom calls. Now, one thing I did notice was that in between interviews, there was someone that was coming in, wiping everything down, cleaning everything between the players and coaches' interviews. But if you think about it, if I'm sitting in in this space in a stool talking, and then someone else comes and sits in the same space and talks, when you talk, when you cough, when you breathe, you're sending germs into the air. So although they were wiping down the area between interviews, they weren't spraying anything to clean the air. They weren't cleaning the air in that sense. So you are literally breathing in the same air that the person before and after you are breathing in. So for that reason alone, I get it, actually. It makes complete sense to wear masks. Now, the other thing is we have to look at the numbers. No one has tested positive in the bubble since July 13th. The league released a couple weeks ago that two out of over 300 people tested positive. Two people out of over 300 that were tested, only two tested positive. Since then, no one else has tested positive. Now, those two positive cases were a situation where we don't know exactly who they were, but they came to Orlando 
with COVID. They were quarantined. And since then, there have been no new positive cases. It has been very frightening, I know, for many to see the number of cases in Florida. I mean, if you look across the state, not only had the numbers been high, but a lot of professional leagues, the NBA, the WNBA, the MLS, have been returning in Florida. And there have been over 10,000 positive cases for six consecutive days in Florida. At one point, some rumors were even going around that Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, was a little uneasy and uncertain about the safety and stability of the bubble. But as of now, the COVID hotspot of Florida is fortunately not affecting the NBA restart in any way. And there's a reason why. And of course, one of those reasons being the fact they have been so consistent with testing, having all the players quarantine when they first come down. Also, even as we talked about in the Tuesday edition of Locked on Wizards, even packages coming in have to be quarantined before players and coaches are able to receive them. There's been a lot of protocol with taking temperatures, with constantly finding ways to even just keeping the players and coaches separate from each other between teams so that they're not interacting with large groups. They have been taking a lot of steps to ensure that players are safely returning. If you're asking players to come to Florida, leave their families, leave the safety of their homes to be quarantined in the bubble for anywhere from a couple weeks to a few months, you have to ensure their safety. I know there was a question around that leading up to the NBA restart. We saw players like Kyrie Irving, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Dwight Howard, Kyle Lowry, many others that were taking part in Zoom calls where they were just discussing the fact that they weren't sure that the NBA was able, going to, was able to safely have them return. Along with the social injustice issues in our country that are going on right now, The pandemic and social injustice has made a lot of people uneasy about going to Orlando. That's why some players have opted out, along with some other reasons, like for Bradley Beal, health issues. So the biggest thing here is, as the NBA has been returning to Florida as their restart location in the bubble, they have been doing as much as they can to continue to provide safe environments for these players to enjoy being in the bubble, enjoy having hobbies and activities and things they can do off the court and also be able to safely play basketball. So Coach Brooks openly, animately spoke up around all this discussion on wearing a mask, and he had this to say about it. Without getting too political, it's somewhat embarrassing that people are fighting over a mask. If it it helps your neighbor out, uh, to me, it's it's obvious you do it. Uh, We want to keep everybody as safe as we possibly can. Uh, There's a reason why... We have been so successful. The NBA has done a great job of, of managing all of this and making us, you know, wear the mask and, and do our testing. I think it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, do I like wearing it? No. Uh, sometimes it's um, it's not the easiest thing to um, communicate or, or breathe, and but it's the best thing to do. It's uh, we ha- we're all in this together. This is. This, uh, obviously, this virus is not, it's not red or blue. It's, it's, it's out to get everybody, and we have to keep everybody as safe as possible. And it makes no sense that we're arguing, we're fighting over a mask. It's actually embarrassing. Now, let me repeat what he said. It's somewhat embarrassing that people are fighting over a mask. If it helps your neighbor out, it's obvious. You do it. He said, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. The coronavirus is still unpredictable. We're still not sure how to treat it. We still don't have the medications and vaccinations in place. There's still a lot of uncertainty, and yet some people are still refusing to wear a mask. So Los Angeles Lakers big man Dwight Howard has been one of those players that unfortunately has been under a lot of heat 
not only around his behaviors, but also his comments. Howard came out with a comment complaining that people were calling this quote-unquote snitch hotline on him for not wearing his mask. He also was openly questioning the need of wearing masks in the bubble. And people slammed him for it, rightfully so. So Brooks' comments and the NBA's rule about wearing masks, although may have seemed like it was just directed at Dwight Howard, just as a whole, I'm sure there are a lot of players right now, unfortunately, that are not taking this seriously. We have seen players like Rashawn Holmes who have tried, who have broken out of the bubble or trying to break out of the bubble. We have seen people not wearing masks. Unfortunately, across not only just the bubble, but the world as a whole, not everyone takes COVID-19 seriously. Although you should. If you look at the numbers, this is not a conspiracy. You can't make these numbers up. The amount of people that have lost their lives, I know people that have lost their lives because of COVID-19. One life is one life too many. So until we have medications and vaccinations, the numbers are lower to the point that no one is dying around COVID-19. It needs to be taken seriously. And not to turn this conversation into a health PSA, but I, long story short, agree with what the NBA is doing. And once again, as we talked about yesterday, what they've been getting right, this is another thing the NBA has gotten right. It is absolutely necessary. If you're going to have these players and coaches and staff away from their families, quarantined in the bubble, to provide them every possible measure to be safe. And something as simple as wearing a mask during a Zoom call will in the long run go a very long way to ensure that everybody that sits down for that interview, which is something that I know we as press and even for the community has been enjoying hearing from your, your favorite players and coaches, hearing what they're saying around practices, since we don't have the opportunity to, to watch as much as we normally would, or even to be there in person like we would, let's do it in a safe way. Let's find a way to make these things that they're providing us, this content, these interviews, these inside looks and perspective into the bubble to be as safe as possible. Again, I understand the need for a mask, and I applaud the league for stepping up and saying, no, you have to wear a mask, putting their foot down, and making sure that everyone across the bubble is following that rule. So the NBA restart does kick off with four scrimmages on Wednesday. As mentioned, we have the Wizards and the Nuggets as we're all excitedly watching how the Wizards are going to be returning to the floor. Again, comment with who you think is the player to watch and your potential starting five. And then also we've got three other scrimmages going on around the league right now. Magic versus Clippers, Pelicans versus Nets, and the Kings versus the Heat. So it's exhibition day, game day for the Wizards. Follow Locked on Wizards this week as we continue to discuss the Wizards, especially after today's game versus the Nuggets. Also be sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a review, and join us back each and every day for more with your host, me, Renee Washington, as we prepare for the team's return to the floor at the end of July for their first official game. You're listening to Locked on Wizards right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a good one, and let's get ready to watch the Wizards take on the Nuggets. See you next time. Washington out.